This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Well, I mean, you nailed it. Uh, It was not an either-or type situation. Um, It was the the idea of putting Brunson along with Donovan Mitchell, and uh, you're right. It's the the comparison is not about Mitchell and 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 Brunson. It's about how RJ plays, and it's nice to see him come along. But for an off season or a season where the Knicks absolutely nailed it by getting Jalen Brunson, he's been everything that you could hope for and more. They nailed it at the trade deadline with the Josh Hart deal, which at the time to me did not seem like anything major. It's turned out to be the perfect piece. Uh, He has been fantastic, and it's not just the fact that they've won the seven games in a row since they've got him. It's about R.J. Barrett. That's the one thing that makes you still a little leery about um, the, the future of the organization because you paid him big money, and he has not taken that next step forward. It's been a very erratic year. Um, and you were expecting when you get paid like that, you expect the guy to kind of take a step forward. So, and he's not been able to do that. There's still time. If he all of a sudden has a big playoff, we'll forget about the regular season. But as of right now, that's the issue. And that's the scary thing, right? That, yeah. Because now, because once again, and they mentioned it during the broadcast, Gordon, uh, Josh Hart is a free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And he's, I think he's due 15 million. Yeah, of his deal next million year? dollar option. Yeah, so you <laughs> he know. keeps playing like this. Tibbs He'll, is going to give him a, a lifetime contract. <laughs> <laughs> going to retire his number and everything. That's right. So you know when you start to look at you know salary cap and things of that nature, you know, but that, that's for down the line, Gordon. You know, that's for down the line. We're, we're enjoying what we have game by game right now. But it's just one of the things that you mm-hmm. you know you you just want your you want your guys right guys that you drafted you want them to be the pillars of your organization you want them to be around you want to build around them you want to add to them you want to you want them to be you know the the legacy that you have and you know we'll see he still has time as you said he's still got a bunch of games he's got about eighteen games left this year eighteen nineteen games left this in the regular season and in the postseason we'll see what he can do but right now. He's been inconsistent. He's been up and down. The finger has not helped him. He's, he's, I think he was starting to come around, Gordon, and then he sliced his finger and he kept him on the bench, and he's still trying to get the, the feeling back. But at least tonight, what you liked, he was aggressive early, hit the three early, and then went to the basket, which I think is something that he's become more comfortable with as his free throw percentage rises. And it's also about... We always talk about self-scouting organizations knowing their talent better than anybody else. That's where it starts. You have to know your own talent before you can evaluate other talent. And it just kind of feels like maybe this regime maybe kind of misread where R.J. Barrett is as a player. Again, there's Mm. time for him to turn things around. You liked what you saw the first few years, and you felt like he is a player that is going to work hard and improve in areas of his game, and that's not happened this year. But uh, I, I guess that's the. It's not just missing out on Mitchell. It's the fact that it, it feels like maybe they kind of misread the situation with uh, with R.J. Barrett too. Yeah, it could be. But you know, right now we're rolling. Exactly. <laughs> right now we're rolling. So we're we're not worried about that now. We're worried about talking to Jose in Brooklyn. He's next on ninety-eight seven. What's up, Jose? Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. What's going on? Oh man, I've been. Uh, I'm really excited for the win. I thought that they played very well. To answer your question, the closest that they did get it down to was 18. Because when I saw it at 18, 
I was wondering why they weren't up by 40, and then Clyde mentioned how horrific they were from the free throw line. And, that you know, that was the only critique that I had, you know, from, from that standpoint. But um, I wanted to talk about, you know, the whole thing, because I, I see you guys chiming in on the Mitchell thing and everything, and I and I totally understand. And I, I totally understand where everyone's points are with it, with, you know, we should have traded them or we shouldn't have. And I, I'm more on the camp of that we shouldn't of because I know that we, we can't let the facts get in the way of telling the great story. You know, it wasn't just RJ. They wanted um, m- multiple picks or Quinn Grimes or, or IQ. And that was something that, you know, we also have to factor in. And I think both of those guys were fantastic the last couple of games um, in IQ and, and um, Grimes. And also got to say another shout out to Hart. Hart has been fantastic. And I just got to ask you guys this question. If they do do that Donovan Mitchell trade. Do they try to? Do they even have the draft pick to get to get Hart, or even make that trade, knowing that Hart's not a, a a second superstar to go along with Mitchell? Probably not, Jose. Thanks for the phone call. Or they, they, I mean, they would have had. I don't know that they see. That's the question. Not whether they would have had the draft pick because they wouldn't have given. They couldn't give up all their draft picks. Mm-hmm. But would they have needed to get him? In their opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have, have you have no idea how it would have played out. They would yeah. have still had the ammunition to go get him if they yeah. wanted to. But how do you know how it's going to play out with with Mitchell um, when it's a complete hypothetical? Yep, you don't. You don't know how it's going to play out, and so you know probably maybe they wouldn't have gone after him. Maybe they would have gone after more size because they had a smaller backcourt. You know what yeah, I mean? Gordon? And look, I think there's 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 validity to to Jose's point that if you make that trade. You don't know how it's going to work out on the other side, right? You give up Grimes in the deal. Who knows what other pieces you would have had to give up and how that would have impacted. It's all, it's all hypotheticals. But what you know is that this regime is, even as good as things are right now, this regime will ultimately be judged on how they land that superstar. Right. That's why they were brought in. So you're going to compare whenever that deal, whoever that player is down the road, uh, you will look back and say, okay, what did they end up giving up for that guy? And and maybe you might look back and say, well, if that were the case in a year from now or this offseason, maybe they would have been better off just giving up what they had to give up for Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. It's all hypotheticals. It is. It is. And it's, you know, it's an interesting thought process. It's great for discussion. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, at this point, uh, they don't need them. <laughs> no, things are rolling along well. And look, it's just it's perfectly set. I mean, how could it not be the Knicks going up against the Cavs? It's and be. really, you know, the one thing that I was looking at today, and and to me, four or five, maybe it doesn't matter all that much. I did not know that the Cavaliers were as good as they are at home. They have one mm. of the best home records in the NBA. They are twenty six and seven at home. Uh, they're better than the Celtics are at home. The only team in the East that's better than them is Milwaukee. And I think there's only one team in the West, maybe it's Denver, that has a better record than them at home. So, yeah, maybe four, or five, getting up to four actually does matter. You know, you think, mm-hmm. oh, well, those records will be about the same. We'd like to have home court, but maybe it's not that big a deal. No, I think it might be a big deal <laughs> when, yeah. when they're as good as they are at home. Yeah. Gordon, we got the thanks to our, our – Staff, mm-hmm. RV and Joe, we got some notes for you. We got a bunch okay. of notes on Knicks. All right. Bunch Give of Knicks notes. All right. 
Uh, 47 points in the first quarter, second most in any quarter this season. Okay. Jalen Brunson, 26 points and counting the most in his career in a half. Their second most in a first quarter in the shot clock era. 54-55 if you're counting. Mm-hmm. They have 48 points in the first quarter against the Thunder earlier this season. That's good for second most in the first quarter of Nick history. They scored 81 in the that first game. They lost, too. I know. I remember it well. <laughs> they scored 81 points in the first half. They're most in their first half since 2008 against the Warriors. They had 82. Wow. 81 points are the most the Nets have allowed in the half all season. Uh, Jalen Brunson had 30 points in halftime. Fourth Nick player in the last 25 seasons to score at least 30 points in the half. Joining Carmelo Anthony had 37 in 2014. Okay. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 32 in 2018. Would not have gotten that one. And I and you should get this one because it happened last year. Randall? R.J. Barrett. R.J. Oh, that's right. That's a, uh, Who is that against? The Heat? Yeah, I no. think so. Okay. Yeah. It was the Heat. Had 30 in 2022. Those are the others. Okay. Uh, Brunson, second next player over the past 25 seasons with 30 points and 85% shooting in a half. Joining Tim Hardaway Jr. in 2018 against the Wizards. Uh, Brunson was the first Nick point guard with 30 points in the first half over the last 25 seasons. You know, he show you how he, he's much yeah, he, enough he does not history need to be nearly <laughs> as good as he is to be the best Nick point guard of the last three decades. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 as good as he is, forget it. It's really, uh, it's really. Oh, I, I, he might be. I, I mean, he's he's probably the best Nick point guard in terms of the the stats that in my lifetime. Yeah, like of, so. of yeah. me, like knowing, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not talking about 19. I was alive in 1970, but I didn't know, you know, what right. was going on clearly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, since the 80s, uh, yeah, it's a it's a short list, man. It is. It's true. Uh, I got a couple more for you. Uh, first time having two win streaks of seven plus games in the season since 2010, 2011. Next. This well, there's these... been some years where they've won. <laughs> That's how many games they won <laughs> combined. <laughs> so yeah, it's been That's a while sure. since that too. These two more. Jalen Brunson scored 39 points of 15 of 18 field goals. That's 83%. The most points by a Nick player while shooting 80% since Amari Stoudemire. Wow. Scored 41 February 6, 2011. And when I saw this one, Gordon, I, I smiled. I had to shake my head. And Brunson's 83% field goal was, percentage was the highest by a Nick player in a 35-point game since this guy shot 85%. It happened on April 7, 2007. Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry. You remember Well, you know, Eddie that makes Curry? sense Eddie that he's, Curry. you know, high percentage shots. Yeah. He's right yeah. under the basket. That's Same right. thing with Amari. Yeah. Those ones make sense. The Brunson yeah. one is just outrageous. It's, it was one of those nights. He, he, he couldn't do no wrong. You know, it's he funny. Anytime you bring up the name Eddie Curry, I remember working. That, that was when I was working with Max Kellerman in the in the in the mid days, mm-hmm. and he loved he loved him some Eddie Curry. He, he thought that Eddie Curry's going to turn things around. And I'm just wondering now that the Knicks are on this. I mean, since then, Max has become the president of the the verified <laughs> Knicks haters club. Uh-huh. Uh, this is going to be a very tough time for him with the Knicks rolling like they are. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Well, he's probably not mentioning this. No, he'll wait until they lose a game. <laughs> There's no question about that. No or or about he that. will he will be the one who says, well, yeah, but they should have got Donovan Mitchell. If they would have gotten Donovan Mitchell, then yeah, exactly. maybe they would have done something. Exactly. Gordon, there's more news. Uh-oh. 
Uh, not from Aaron Rodgers because he didn't oh. say anything. We'll hear from him <laughs> oh, in a second. Yeah. <laughs> but Diana Rossini on mm-hmm. SportsCenter today said something that was a little concerning if you're a Giants fan. A little concerning. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite of what the GM, Joe Shane, said yesterday. Uh-oh. We'll explain it next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, guys. How was going on? Thanks for taking my call. Um, look, um, you know, I like Daniel Jones. I think he, he he stepped up in the right direction. But look, like, perfect example. Like, look at, like, baseball, like Judge, right? He, his numbers, you know, MVP. He want the big bucks. He got paid, you know? Daniel Jones has not done anything yet. Like, I understand everybody needs to get paid for the sports because everybody, you know, quarterback position. And, you know, it's crazy that even, like, the minimum is $32 million. There should be, uh, you know, there's maybe 10 quarterbacks that deserve that money in the NFL. Daniel Jones is not at that point. He still needs uh, me, like what you guys were saying earlier, the same thing I said two weeks ago when I called earlier, was franchise him. Get him two good wide receivers. Get him Odell. Get him somebody else. You know, uh, you know, and 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 spread him out and see what he got because he's you know what he got fifteen touchdowns passing. Like I I think like if you are thirty forty million dollar quarterback, you got to throw thirty touchdowns a season minimum. Well, here what you're saying, Sharif, and thanks for the phone call. But then, so if he gets the receivers, then who's gonna get the credit? Him or the receivers? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, you also have to take into it. You're right uh, when he has some weapons. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, look at who he was throwing to this year. Yeah. He's lucky he had 15 touchdowns. Right, 15 touchdowns. (laughs) That's like 15 touchdowns in dog years. Uh, You know, that was uh, impressive that he was – and not only that, but cut down on the interception. I think he had the lowest interception percentage in the entire NFL this year. So, I get what you're saying. Uh, He does – to me, he still needs to prove it. Mm-hmm. So to me, the, the 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 franchise tag is not the worst thing in the world. Now for Joe Shane, who's trying to put a, a plan in place, a long term plan, uh, and he has his quarterback, I can understand for him he doesn't agree. But as, as someone who's just like looking from the outside in, to me, another prove it year for a guy who did prove it to a certain extent this year. But I'd like a little bit more evidence before I'm spending. $35, $40 million a year on a quarterback, I don't think that that's the worst thing in the world. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Buddha. Hey, what's going on? Tempest Fusion. It's been a minute since I spoke to the both of y'all at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Welcome back, Carter. Yes, thank you, my friend. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, guess what? You've been going for about a week and still Jets, they still don't got no quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I didn't notice that. Oh, my God. These guys are like loose ends. They hanging on a string for some dude yeah. that might not even play again, man. You, they, you hear that interview? Side. Does he sound like somebody who wants to play football? Like he's, he's dying to play football next year? Please, what a mess. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, let's talk about some positivity, man. Okay. You know, like like, like Papa Lodge was saying, like, you know, listen, when the basketball is good in this town, it, it's a very exciting town, man. I mean, look, winning begins winning. You know, the Knicks have become very enjoyable to watch. You know, like I talk about the Jets, they're the antithesis of the Jets. You know what I'm saying? Their owners out of the way, mm. letting the administration and the coach work. 
the coach, I mean, listen, we all complained about things when it wasn't going well. He's coaching at a high level right now. But the team, and this is part of coaching, you know, obviously, but, but the team has a distinct identity. Mm-hmm. They have clarity with their lineup. Everything the Jets are. You understand what I'm saying? And, and guess what? The Knicks don't have a superstar, but they have a budding superstar. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Yeah. You can't tell me Brunson is not one of the top four or five point guards in the NBA right now. You know, and last year, remember last year? Julius Randle is holding back oh, RJ's God, development, oh, all of that stuff. That's been settled. Randall is the 1A to Brunson. You know, Barrett, you know, Bar- you remember back in the days when you first started swimming? And then, you know, you was good in the five feet, you was good in the six feet. But once you hit that nine feet, whoo, you was treading water. A little bit of that water was going in your nose and in your mouth. That's where R.J. Barrett's at right now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's actually the weak link of the team now because, look, you know, if he's a three, he obviously doesn't have the height and the length that you will want as a three in the NBA now, or the athleticism. But then at the two guard, you know, he doesn't shoot well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we discussed before, you know, Grimes plays better with um, Brunson and Randall than RJ does. So, I mean, these are dangerous times for him. You know, I'm looking at this Pelicans game right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, remember everybody was talking about that draft, how it was a two-player draft? You know, in actuality, it was a one-player draft. <laughs> John Moran is on the tube every night. Yep. And if Anthony Davis is, is in street clothes, I mean, Zion. What, what, Zion. What, what's Zion Williams' nickname? I mean, uh, <laughs> on the report? I mean, please. I, oh, my God. And you, you get stuck with one of these guys that can't play a lot or, or, you know, just doesn't have the potential. I mean, wow. I mean, it's really, it, it, it's really telling, man. I mean, John Moran, head and shoulders above. I remember your man Wayne from Flatbush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was talking about, yeah, he's going to be another, uh, what's the kid's name, Lonzo Ball? Uh, not no, so much, buddy. No. Not so much. No, you're right, bro. <laughs> you take care, guys. All right, thanks for checking in. No, John Moran is just taking off, Gordon. He is, he's a primetime player in the league. He's no unbelievable. Question. No question unbelievable. about it. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was lights out. Uh, no question. And the athleticism, and, and you're right, he is one of the true stars of the league. It doesn't matter where he, you know, he's playing in Memphis and he yeah. is one of the stars yeah. of the league. So, um, no, there's no question about that. And Zion, Against when he plays, he's great, but oh, tough to Zion, count on. Yeah, his availability is non existent. Now, he's not Ben Simmons, but he's not that far off. Who was out with a knee, with knee soreness oh, again? Oh, goodness. That guy. Uh, uh, and no timetable. No I'd time lo- table I would love to see. He's got two more years left on his contract after this year. Do you think he plays 40 games for the Nets the next two years? If I give no. you an over-under under. of 40 games, under. you take the under. I in take two the years. under. <laughs> I take the under because I think in the last year of his, they're going to try oh, to move yeah. him. He's playing at all, right? <laughs> so, you know, they're going to try to move him. I mean, what can you do? I mean, the yeah. only thing you can do, I'm, I mean, it's, it's tough. They, they, they were backed into a corner, and they yep. had to do it. Yep. They had to do it. And you know it's 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 hurt them. It's really it's not oh. helped. It's no, not helped no. them at all. And you thought and once again, okay, you give him the benefit of the doubt. Going through what happened last year, you know all the, the you know the mental questions that were out there. All that. Okay, let's see what happens. It's a new it's a new place. It's a new opportunity. Let's see how he performs. 
And this year, once again, he just can't stay on the floor. And when he's on the floor, the, the similar issues that he had in Philly. Oh, yeah. He's never fixed anything. again. Yeah. And it if anything, again. it's gotten worse. Yeah. They would almost be better off just saying, you know what? D- don't play. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't show up. Because even when he shows up, it, it's, you can't rely on anything. Yeah. And you don't know if you're going to have him a week from now. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's a brutal deal. It is. And it's really sad because when he was before that last year in Philly, mm-hmm. we were overlooking his issues because he was so good defensively. Yep. He was so good passing the basketball. We were all raving about his court vision and his size and everything. And, you know, he gets into a situation at the end of a game. He doesn't want to shoot. He can't hit free throws. And it just spiraled out down after that. And, you know, Embiid was just like <laughs> – you know, Joel Embiid is, does not hold his tongue. <laughs> he, no. had some, he had some choice comments to make, and, you know, it's it's his career's changed ever since then. Ever since then, he's, he's just gone downhill. It's amazing. Yeah, talented player, but yeah, definitely can't uh, can't if he can't be on the court. And, well, and good it's not just me. it's not just the physical issues. There's obviously a mental yeah. component to it as well. Yeah, yeah. Richards in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hi, Larry Gordon. Richard. Who's a be- who's a better ball player right now? Kyrie Irving or Jalen Brunson? Who would I rather have or who would, who's a better ball player? Who's a better ball player? Who's a better ball player? I would rather have Brunson. I'd rather have Brunson, but Richard Kyrie is still the better player. Yeah, no question. He's the more talented player. He's the more talented player. Now, on on the Brunson is a better player on this team, mm-hmm. but Kyrie's the better player. Okay. You know, uh, Larry, the, uh, a couple of days ago we were talking about that 73 Nick team. Yes. Do you realize that was the first New York team ever to win a championship as a wild card? They didn't they got they were 11 games behind Boston that year and they beat Boston in the playoff. That that was a big upset winner with the uh Knicks that year. They weren't uh you know, the dominant team they were in the 69-70 season. They were a very good team yeah. and obviously a championship team. But uh, Boston finished uh, 11 games better than that Nick team. Uh, one last thing, guys, before we hang up. Uh, uh, as far as the Fordham uh, 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 run that we're having now, mm-hmm. you know, I-, I remember, Larry, the 71 team. And let me tell you. That brought back college basketball to New York after this game. Well, actually, it was a year or two before when Columbia had that great run with Jim McMillan. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty big in the city. But, you know, college basketball after the 51 scan, 1951 scandals in New York City took a big hit. Yeah. And that Fordham team in 71 with uh, Charlie Elverton and Kenny Charles it really captured New York City. I mean, Digger Phelps was every bit the star that, you know, you could imagine. He was huge. I mean, and I think, uh, Larry, if I remember, <laughs> that might have been a first two for a coach to come and leave after one season on a team for bigger and better pastures. You he know, went to you know, with the game after that, right? Yeah, he went to Notre yeah. Dame. One year he had it noted at uh, for uh, one year. It's crazy. And there was no inkling of success that they would have. I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't even know if Yelverton and Kenny Charles were his recruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry, I remember that I was a fifteen and a half year old kid, and I remember so being involved. I remember they played the Marquette team 
uh, right before the end of the season. Do you remember who Marquette had, Larry? They had the dream. Dean Meminger, right. Right? They had Maurice Lucas. Mm-hmm. And then they had a kid who was probably better than both of them while he was at Marquette, but never made it as a pro. Earl Tatum from uh, oh, Mount wow. Vernon. Yeah, 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 you remember yeah, yeah, that yeah. name? I know the name. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, and, and, uh, note, and Fordham came within one point. I remember the kid from Fordham. Fordham had a chance to salt the game away. They were up by one with I, 30 seconds left in the game. I'll never forget. And the kid on Fordham missed the front end of a one-on-one. You remember with the one-on-one, you, hit the th- yeah. you had to hit the first. I, right. And the kid, uh, the guy became a prominent orthopedic surgeon in New York. I remember the name. George Zembetti missed the foul shot. And Marquette came down with, of course, Al McGuire was their coach. Mm-hmm. And they came down and beat Notre Dame. Uh, beat, uh, 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 beat Fordham. The week before, Fordham had beaten Notre Dame, Larry. Do you remember who Notre Dame had? No, I don't. Great college player, probably the greatest player ever at Notre Dame, Austin Carr. Oh, yeah. Remember that know the name. name. Sure. Know the oh, name. yeah, yeah. Then went out to play with Cleveland, uh, yep. the Cavaliers. Larry, uh-huh. Gordon, always a pre- pleasure, guys. That- Hi, Richard. Thanks. Boy, Richard is just, he's a He is a fountain of information. Now, the fountain was built before I was born, but he is a fountain of information. <laughs> Some of the fountain they were doing construction on the fountain when I was born, and I still don't even know what some of He's got me, too. Yeah. Gordon, Aaron Rodgers spoke. Oh, my God. Thank God. Right? Isn't that what everybody's saying? Oh, thank God. We finally heard from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but not what you wanted to hear. No. We'll explain it next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It just sounds like they're further apart than what we're led to believe here. Yeah, you know, the idea that he had asked or the report that he had asked for $45 million, um, I, I can see that nobody's really been able to say that that's completely hogwash. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm sure that that's the range that he's looking for. Uh, I'm sure the Giants are willing to p- spend more than the 32 that the tag would be, but... They're not. You it would you would think that they'd be able to kind of settle in the middle at somewhere around forty million dollars. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? Maybe this maybe this might be the best path forward. If you're not willing to spend forty million dollars, if you're not convinced to the tune of forty million dollars for Daniel Jones, give him another year of a give him a franchise tag. Yeah. You lock him in at a reasonable rate. You you you'd hope that he is going to outperform that contract for one season. And then almost like with Aaron Judge last year, if you want to see a prove-it year again, go out there and prove it to me it was not a fluke, and then you can make your decision then. And then if he does it again, well, the price tag might go up again, but at least then you know for sure, okay, I I have a little bit more evidence to to back up what I'm going to be spending. Yeah, I I, I can – I can see that, and listen, Kirk Cousins is the king of that. I mean, he made yeah. that, he made billions almost. <laughs> yeah, he did very <laughs> it just well. Seemed like it, yeah, he did. He did, he did very, very well. well with the with the franchise. He kept okay. You want me to prove you? Okay, I'll prove it again. I'll keep proving it. I'll keep proving it. I just think for this Giants team, it it, it kind of you have things you got to do to move the franchise forward, and having the quarterback for one year, you know, I. The franchise tag you're using on him, I, it it just puts you in a tough position, Gordon. Uh, it does in terms of uncertainty, and it does. 
I guess it does kind of make you feel like the way the season went made you feel like, okay, we got our, we got our things in place now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by not signing him to a long-term deal, by going with the franchise tag for just the one year, there's a little bit more uncertainty about, well, maybe we don't have the pieces mm-hmm. in place that we what we need long-term. Um, I don't see it as that much of a, of a negative. I would, I would rather, before I spend the money, I'd rather know for sure. So, again, if, if the Gi- let's say the Giants are at $35 million, yeah, uh, and, and Jones is at uh, 45 it, it would seem pretty easy to me to figure out a way to meet in the middle there <laughs> and just get it done because then that allows you flexibility of, of the way you, you draw up the contract to, to give you more cap space now or mm-hmm. uh, you, can, you can structure it in different ways. Um, and the only problem I have with the idea of, well, you know, you, you have other stuff to do. It looks like they're going to take a lot of that money and spend it on a running back. Yeah. At 13, 14 million dollars a year, which mm-hmm. to me doesn't make any sense at all even as good a player as Saquon Barkley is. So, um yeah, there's a lot to I'm surprised that it's been this much back and forth. I still kind of expect the Giants and Daniel Jones will work out a long-term deal. If you're a Giants fan right now, you're just like, okay, What's going on here with this quarterback situation? Because, as you mentioned, we were under the impression that, all right, he showed what he had to show. Let's get it done. Now, either on his end, they're asking for a lot of money, uh, maybe 45, maybe 43. I don't know. Maybe it's over 40, whatever. And I just don't think the Giants are are willing to, to do that. Clearly, they're not. And I think, Gordon, it's more of, okay, if we're going to go over 40 for multiple years, then we we have to we'll do the franchise because we don't believe that you're, yeah. you're we don't believe you're going to do that. Yeah. We don't believe you you're going to earn that forty. And if we're going to add offensive weapons, right? We're going to add receivers to to stretch the field for you. Are they confident, Gordon, that he that they can come up with the scheme that he will have the low turnovers that he had this year? Because it's going to be different. He'll be able, he'll be tempted to use some of these weapons, Gordon. Where last year, really, he was, he 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 managed the game brilliantly. He ran, he handed off, he had short passes, you know, to tight ends, and and then as the season went on, he developed some chemistry with some receivers. So it, it's a weird situation. But for me, I just think that's what the Giants are thinking. He, we'll we'll pay you in the thirties. All right, you want forty, you have to come back and show us again. Unfortunately for the Giants, though, they, in terms of betting, they have not done a good job, this regime, betting on, against Daniel Jones, right? Because right. if they would have just simply signed it to the franchise tag, the, 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 they would have had a year where it would have been, what was it, $22, 23000000 million, and this would all be resolved. You know, the only thing that I've heard uh, about this whole thing that I completely disagree with mm-hmm. is this idea that this contract back and forth, that this negotiation, that Jones has the potential to turn the fans against them. That they'll say, oh, he's, he's looking for too much money. He should, he should just take what the Giants are offering. And, and, and there's the potential that Daniel Jones can turn the fans against them. That is such hogwash. Because if Daniel Jones, let's say Daniel Jones comes back to the Giants and says, you know what, I'll take $25 million. Forget all this. I'll take $20 million. And he goes out there and plays like he did, turning the football over. That's what's going to turn the fan, not his contract. And if he goes out there and gets $40 million and plays poorly, they're going to be on him. But if he goes out there and he plays 
you know, significantly, I don't know, significantly better, but better, you know, takes that next step forward next year from where he was this year, nobody's going to have a problem with what no. the, the money is that he's making. No, because he's earning it. He's earning it, right, exactly. It's not about the contract. It's about how you play. It's all, that's the game. That's the whole game. It's about how you play. And, and if he plays well at the beginning, everybody will be cool with it. And if he plays poorly at the end, everybody that's, – that's the whole thing. It's just about how you play. It's not about the money necessarily. It's, it's very simple, Gordon. It, the money is the, is the end of the sentence. Sure. He was this. He, mm-hmm. Oh, he turned the ball over. He was horrible in, in the second half. Look how bad he was. And look how much money we're paying him. <laughs> it's, the, it's the period at the end of the sentence. And that's what it is. If it's, well, look, oh, man, you know, he's he, he, better than he was last year. Look at what he did the first five games. His turnovers are down. They, they, they're scoring more points. Gordon. Boy, he's really worth the money we're paying him. <laughs> right, exactly. What a great job by Joe Shane getting him in at that number. Right? Fantastic. They knew the cap was going to go up, and they knew that salaries were going to go up. And No, I mean, it's all, it's all about how he plays and how confident of the Giants that he is not just going to replicate what he do, did this past year, but he's going to grow from it because yeah. that's what it's all – like whatever he's going to make next year – he ha- even if it's $30 million, he has to be better than he was this year. He was good this year, and he mm-hmm. stabilized, and, and I think that that's the baseline moving forward. But he has to improve off of that, which is not a guarantee, as we all know. Absolutely, and he gets a lot of credit for what he had to do for him working. But listen, Gordon, the coaching staff gets some of that credit too, so the pressure's on them as well is to, okay, here's what, here's what he did last year that was good. Here's what he struggled with. We got to work on what he struggled with because teams are going to take what he did well away from him. Because yeah, you're going to have a tougher of schedule course. this year, Gordon. It's going right. to be tougher. Yeah, they're not going to be playing the Vikings every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really easy. You're like, wow, we should be paying this guy $50 million. If he was playing against the Vikings, he'd break at sixty. <laughs> yeah, he might. He might be. He looked like Patrick Mahomes. They couldn't stop him. It was like, he. Their defense was like the Nets' defense tonight. Yeah, it was non-existent. Non-existent. Hard non-existent. to find. It was. We'll continue the conversation with you on the phones next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Oh yes, right. See the Michael K. Show live from the bar at Moynihan, Moynihan Train Hall on Friday, March 10th, before the semifinal round of the Big East Tournament. Stop by before heading into the Garden or before your commute home and enter for a chance to win tickets to the championship game. The Michael K. Show live from the bar at Moynihan Train Hall starting at 3 p.m. on March 10th. It's just steps away from Madison Square Garden, Penn Station. Wow. It is brought to you by Jack Daniels, Sam Adams, and... Truly hard seltzer. I love these people. You could see him live. Yeah, he could love right. you in person. Absolutely. Everybody. Yes. Well, I don't Kay know. You Le- know. Le- well, you know. Yeah. Kay Lagreca and Rosenberg, right there live. They do a great live show. This show is better live. Than they do a great show anyway. It's even better live. Yeah, I don't know if Don's blood pressure is going to hold up for it. Well, I think it will. I, I think okay. it will. I think. Good for me. See, I told you, he's good. Gordon. We were all waiting. We oh, all with bated breath. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to speak. He's going to say what's going to happen. He's going to tell us what the deal is. Well, at least he has a timeline for a decision. Here it is. 
It's best for anybody who has an interest in this to make a decision sooner rather than later. You know, I remember, you know, when Favre, before he retired, you know, there were times where it was in April and May and he still, you know, we weren't sure if he was going to come back because he didn't come to any offseason program. And then in 2008, he actually did retire in March and then kind of said, no, 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 actually in June after OTAs, I actually want to come back and play. And then that's when, you know, been traded to the Jets and, you know, there was obviously a lot of tension that summer. But for everybody involved directly and indirectly, it's best for a decision earlier and I feel I feel really good about about the conversations that that are going to be had that have been had with the uh, important people in my life yourself included that um, helped to orient me but I'm not looking for somebody to tell me what the answer is uh, all the answers are right inside me then oh say oh all my. the answers are right inside me oh then my say god them. I mean what then a conversation <laughs> like he could be my best friend and if he was telling me that I'd be like I, I, who's the guy that he's talking to I would just be like you know what I can't do this I just I just can't do it I can't do it Aaron just let me know you, you let it's me know like, oh could you imagine getting him off the phone you ever have one of those people that they just won't get off the phone with you you're yes, like okay all right yeah well i gotta go uh the house is on fire okay i gotta go i gotta the, the kids are on the roof right now i gotta go he feels like one of those guys you just can't get off the phone how can you start the conversation by saying it's something that really should be done early and still not tell us what's going on yeah, and then he had a lot, like a lot of important conversations have been had, and I feel good about the conversations that have been. What conversations? Like you have to talk to the Packers. The Packers haven't heard from you. They're waiting. They're waiting to hear from you. You know, I'm starting to wonder if he wants to play, but he is not enamored with the teams that are interested mm-hmm. in him. Yep. And he's drawing this out to 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 find. So he wants to play. He wants to get that money. It doesn't seem like he's going to be back in Green Bay. It seems like Green Bay, from the reports, are kind of done with him. Yep. But he holds the hammer, and I just wonder, maybe he doesn't want the Jets. Like, is this the way somebody would act if they just wanted to go someplace else and, and the Jets and, – and there was a team that was, was interested in you, clearly, mm-hmm. and, and you were that interested in them? No, he it doesn't seem come. that way, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Well – he says, because I'm really lost. I don't know if this means he's going to retire or not going to retire. But oh, he said he don't know himself. But he said the thought of retiring was scary. One option was scary and one was unknown. And which was which? The scary was uh, retirement. Mm-hmm. And the unknown was going back and playing. And what does that mean? Is that Green Bay? Is that somewhere else? If that's somewhere else, what is it like being somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> This is what we do for a living. We're sitting around <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> and you know what? He will be the ultimate case, Larry. If he comes here and he's great, nobody will care. And if he comes here and he stinks. One was scary and one oh, wasn't. Man. One was scary one wasn't. One was scary. What, what, which one was which? One was which? Oh, gosh. Oh, um, Lord. Gordon, he's been down it before. Listen. Oh, I've been doubted before. And look, honestly, I felt in the first year that Matt was here, Matt was in Green Bay in 19, I felt at times like a game manager. Like it was just, 
I didn't quite understand what we were doing at times on offense. And my job was to take care of the football. And I did, you know, I threw four interceptions and 26 touchdowns and we were 13 and three. But I felt like there was so much more. And, you know, then they drafted my replacement and then I went MVP twice and I threw 85 touchdowns and nine interceptions in two years. And obviously there were some changes that happened on the team and the coaching staff. And I didn't have my best year plan. And there's probably people that think I'm done. I thought I was done before I became COVID MVP twice. Again, there'd be plenty of inspiration down that road. All the answers are right inside me. COVID MVP twice. What is what is that? What award was that? I mean, is that is that sponsored by one of the the beer companies? The COVID MVP brought to you by Schlitz. Yeah, Moderna. I've never heard of the COVID MVP. I've never heard of it either. Um, after hearing this, Gordon, can I be honest with you? Yeah, please. If I'm Joe Douglas, after hearing this, I call Derek Carr right now and sign him. Derek Carr, would, do you want fifty million dollars? I would sign him right now. I would sign him right now. Why would I wait for this? Why are you waiting for this? This guy? is the this is the beautiful genius. This is oh, no, this no, no, is no. the hot. I mean, he is the done. number one guy. If he's no, right, no, and he's no. focused. And when is that? I don't know. Uh, it does not. Is feel he focused like, now? Clearly this does isn't. not seem like a guy who sees the Jets as an opportunity no, no, and no, is, no, no, is no. ready to jump in with both no. feet. I agree with you. And after hearing this today, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Gordon, I'm going to give up draft choices for this gibberish because this is what's going. What you're hearing now, fast forward to a year. If he's here, you're going to hear the same thing. Oh, You're yeah. going to hear the same thing next year this time. Even if, you, even if you put in this clause, he's got to be here two years, you're going to hear the same thing next year this time. I may retire. I got to go think about it. I, I'm done. If I'm Douglas, give me Derek Carr. I'll move on. I'm good. I'm good. And I don't have to. And I don't have to give up any capital draft-wise because Lord knows I need to put some folks on my offensive line, and I need some other some other pieces that I need to get done. Give me Carr, and I'll I'll, I'll take my chances because at least I know Gordon. I know at the start of training camp he'll be here every year. I won't have to go through this. It, it, I can understand the feeling that way. Yeah. Uh... As a, as a Jet hater, I do not want Aaron Rodgers. When I look at the landscape, I don't want them getting Aaron Rodgers because that is the highest ceiling, uh, and that's what I want to avoid. But it, it would be hard for me to for anyone to listen to this and not get kind of fed up. <laughs> I mean, it's such gibberish. It's unbelievable. Gordon, my friend, I'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds good, Larry. All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Freddie and Fitzsimmons next on 98.7 ESPN. All the answers are right inside me.